Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 316. And sometimes being a Doctor Who podcast just isn't enough. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? It's been a long week. I, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm me today. Who are you then? I don't know. Ooh. Keep having these weird dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing red a lot. That's just because I'm mad. <laughs> no, That's actually, for a whole mad. other reasons. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm happy this week. Do you guys have a good week? I was actually off Friday because, of course, I had to work tonight, but I was off Friday. Although I find working... Like so tonight I worked because I did the I produced the newscast on the Fox because they wanted to bring their quote unquote A team in and build bulk it bum, up. Bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, that's bum, the first bum, thing bum, I bum. I almost asked my boss if I could be BA. But um <laughs> And your boss would have looked at you blankly like Probably. What? Dude, uh, you are totally Hannibal. <laughs> no, I, oh. I wanna be FaZe. No, Actually I'd rather you're, you're be HM Murdoch. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I worked tonight, but I, I have found that when you go in and you fo- you get a, you get eight hours to focus on one newscast, it's I, I don't want to say it's easy, oh. but it, it's it's simpler and it simpler. you can actually focus on doing a really good newscast. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do that more often. I'd have some really <laughs> knockout newscasts. So yeah, so I did that tonight. But that, the nice thing is I got Friday off, and I haven't had a Friday off in a long time. So that was kind. Of, and the kids were off this week on Friday too. So oh yeah, nice. It did you guys do anything? Well. We did nothing. No, <laughs> he, he, he came over here and hung with I me. I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went. We we took uh, dinner over to my parents because I, I trying this new thing on on Fridays. I'm going over to my folks to take at least have dinner with them mm-hmm. or lunch lunch with them. Um, just so I can see them more often because they're getting up there in years and <laughs> they're always home and I, I really feel like I get over to see them uh-huh. except for to pick up kids or, you know, do those kind of things. So uh, so we went over and had lunch with them and then, no, Mason and I hung out in the afternoon, uh, played uh, Minecraft and some Rocket Ball and then, yeah, in the evening I came over and recorded another <laughs> flicks with friends. Another fun one. It was a fun one. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying them. I'm enjoying watching them. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I watched Tire of the Zygons earlier in the week just as a refresher. I started it. I did not get the chance to finish it. I did watch, even though I didn't join for Friday Night Who, I did watch the two-parter from last mm-hmm. season, The Zygons. I'm glad we watched that this week. It, it really too. I, first of all, it's just such a good story. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think I really watched anything else. Oh, well, I, I, as a primer for Flicks with Friends, I popped in uh, Snow White earlier in the week, and I watched Pinocchio's. I finished Westworld. <laughs> Ooh. It's so good. <laughs> so it's done for the season? Yeah. And season ago. two won't be anytime soon. Yeah, you've got lots like of time to catch up. How come? Really? I don't know why. I guess just because taking takes, their time. Yeah. yeah, which is that they should because where they leave it opens, kicks open the door so much for the next season. I think it may have had part of their their retooling because it was it was announced it was going to be a thing. They went into production, and then all of a sudden HBO like everything ground to a halt. They didn't quite pull the plug, but it was just like stop. We're going to rethink this. And they hmm. apparently shifted direction a little bit to get what we're seeing on the air. Well, I read it was a mini series to start out with. It was, it I was wonder not if that planned may have to be to do a with series, it. that it was just going to be a mini series. And in fact, it was going to be a four episode mini series, and that was it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So maybe that's they realized how why. good it was yeah. and decided 
realized there was more of a story there to tell. How far are you guys now? I was wrong. I thought we had watched five. We just watched five this week. Oh, wow. So I was even one behind where I thought I was. How many total episodes are there? Ten. Okay. So we're at the halfway. So he's getting crazy. (laughs) And you're still not to the big reveals yet. (laughs) Some of the reveals in the latter episodes I did see coming, but... I, there were things I were like, I wonder if, and then those things wound up being ripped, right? So it's not like it was, oh yeah, I saw that coming a mile away. It was more of, huh, I wonder if that's what that is. And yep, that's what it was. <laughs> I wish you guys had seen it so I could talk more openly about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a working on it. I'll get there. You'll I've heard so you, many good things about yeah, it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. And Sean, you'll totally know the big first reveal once you get there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think your jaw will drop and... You'll want to watch the next episode. We did also watch Suicide Squad. How was it? Kind of a train wreck. Oh. You still haven't seen it, right? I still haven't seen it. Okay, so... <laughs> I, I went into it knowing what it was and knowing that it was kind of a mess, and I still didn't enjoy it. I I had big issue with not so much the premise of the movie, more so the scale of the movie. It's a end-of-the-world situation, and you're telling me the Flash and Batman aren't showing up to try to solve this problem, too? Really? They're in this movie. Why aren't they They're trying to stop the whole thing, too? It's not like it's a short time. They got these guys out of prison to go out there and solve the issue. It's just a big logic flaw in the film. If You've it, seen it or no? Yeah, yeah. If it had like kind of like Deadpool, high stakes for the characters, but not for the world, it would be different. But it's a end-of-the-world situation. Yeah, I mean, even for a city, something that big, I would think Flash would zoom over and try to help out. What's he doing? Just twiddling his thumbs? Uh, Catching back Why do you think Flash is really, really fast? Because we saw him in Suicide Squad. We saw the Flash? Yeah. Oh, spoilers. I I don't remember that. He's he's who captures Captain Boomerang. It's in the very beginning of the Which film. makes sense, because Captain Boomerang is a Flash villain. How did villain. I miss that? Yeah, it's in the very did, beginning of the did film. Did you watch the extended Suicide Squad? No. No? Not I don't aware remember of it. It was the, a rental I don't remember that at all. I, I remember, remember seeing... This Justice League character made a surprise appearance in the movie shortly after the came out in the theaters. And I wouldn't look. And they weren't referring to Batman, because he's in the movie as well. No, because we knew he was going to be in it. <laughs> I don't remember Flash. he was even in the trailers. Did, maybe I got... Did I get there late? No, I didn't. It was a very brief thing. Huh. I wasn't impressed with Harley. You were not. I felt like she was a caricature of Harley. Granted, my exposure to her is mainly just through the animated series and through the Arkham games. Well, to be frank, Those she was created for the, well, the animated the, yeah. series. Yeah. So she only moved over to comics after the animated series took off, and she was such a popular character on there. So yeah, you, I can. That, I think you're justified in saying my <laughs> yes, only that's my exposure experience. to her is. But that should and be I, I that know, should be the baseline for any yeah. fan. And I know they've done a lot of great stuff in the comics with them. I just haven't read it, but it just felt like her portrayal's fine. It just felt the writing of it was a caricature of Harley. Oh, this is what the studio thinks Harley is, and as opposed to what Harley really is. Gotcha. That's what I was worried about with some of the trailers. It just I wasn't, yeah, and, I, and the Joker wasn't very good either. There were parts of the Joker that I thought, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. They're doing something different. But then there just wasn't enough of that differentness 
he was almost just dropped in there randomly to remind you, oh, yeah, he's in this movie, too. Yeah. Don't forget. I think the problem with the Joker is, number one, people expected more from the Joker. Because when you make a big deal that Jared Leto is playing the Joker, I think the other problem is is the character is, is, is far undersold. I think that if they, I think it needed a, a stronger connection to the Joker, other than being Harley's love interest. I mean, yeah, that's really how that's, it falls down. That being said, I think that this will do a nice job setting the Joker up for an adversary for Batman. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you. I kind of liked some of the direction they went with the Joker, but overall, the performance suffered because although I hear a lot of it ended up on the cutting yeah, room floor, that so too. that might be why it feels yeah. that way. I but think I it's love more the use of the Joker in the movie is more my problem than the portrayal of the Joker. I loved Harley. I thought Harley was the best part of that movie. I think it's remarkably different. It's starkly different from the Harley that we know from Batman the Animated Series. But so I far, liked where they went the with DC it. universe has been starkly <laughs> yeah, different from that's the true. character we know. Movie universe, yeah. Movie universe. I didn't expect to like Deadshot as much as I did. I didn't and like Deadshot I, at all. He, he kind of grew on me throughout the movie, and the end it was kind of, eh. Captain Boomerang had some great moments, <laughs> that, and then some moments that just fell flat. Yeah, agreed. If, if they would have used those great moments throughout the entire thing, he would have been the perfect comic relief throughout the entire agreed. film. Agreed. And everybody else could have done whatever they wanted. Agreed. And then the other character that stood out to me was Diablo. Yeah, Diablo was good. Well, Diablo is the character with some heart. Yeah. With some empathy. I put my finger on what the problem I have with the DC cinematic films are. They take the approach to all their characters that everybody sucks. None of their characters are good. They all are jerks. They're evil. They're bad. They're mean. They're whatever. Every single person sucks. Everybody's dark. Everybody's dark. I once, when I go to a movie, I like to see a char- at least one character that gives us something to aspire for as humanity, not a, portray- a portrayal of everybody sucks. Yeah, it's, it's Even Paul Kent's in Man of Steel, it's, no, don't go help them. You, they, he, he sucked. I mean, they all you, are bad in the movie. You're hitting the nail on the head for me. I think you're exactly right. And It's the Batman this- effect. Ever, ever since The Dark Knight, you know, hit and hit hard, DC's been bound and determined to well let's make it like Batman and, and it's fine to do that with Batman. well no it, well, yeah with Batman. with Batman it is but because even that's then, the... he's still striving to be something better most of the movie characters in these films aren't yeah it's just uh... yeah they they it's just like they don't get it it's it's okay to have a, a wider color palette than what you're using because Batman can be dark the Batman world... should be dark Superman should not. And I, like I said, I can appreciate the story that Zack Snyder's trying to tell with the, the, the Superman films, but it's just, I think it's better served in a comic book. When I go to a movie, I want bright, shiny Superman. Oh, yeah. The world is gray enough. Yeah. I, I, shiny, some black happy and white is okay in films. Sorry. <laughs> and some characters are okay to explore the gray in morality, other characters should not. Mm hmm. Again, while my Marvel's getting it right and DC's getting it wrong. <laughs> exactly. Because they can still explore the moral grayness with Captain America and still have him be the good character yeah. that he is throughout the entire arc of his time on in, on screen. Yep. I'll still watch it. I'm hopeful for Wonder Woman, but I'm not holding See, my breath. See, I'm the same way. And I, I, the... Although there was a trailer before Suicide Squad on the Blu-ray that I don't, I don't remember seeing... And it made me worry. But the thing is, yeah, the thing is, I saw <laughs> Man of Steel and I was disappointed. Then I saw Batsuit and I was disappointed. 
No, I was excited for it, then I was disappointed. And then I wasn't going to set my expectations up for Suicide Squad. Then I saw a really good trailer, and I went, <laughs> oh, okay, maybe they're doing this one right. Because it was fun, it was bright, it was jovial. Yeah. And then I saw the movie and went, nope, you went right back to <laughs> status quo with these films. Yep. And so as as incredible as the Wonder Woman uh, trailers look now i haven't seen the one that you're talking about obviously but as wonderful as the the wonder woman trailers look i can't set my expectations no. very high for it because i've already been burned three times now and, and i'll say this about suicide squad i will rewatch suicide squad before i would rewatch bat soup yeah <laughs> i agree with that <laughs> sentiment as well of the rewatchability i think man of steel is probably the highest of all of these so far do you watch anything sean um, I'm kind of with Glenn. I did a lot of research this week uh, gearing up for Flicks with Friends because we talked classic Disney. Um, that episode's not out <laughs> before anybody goes going, oh, and gets super excited. It, it'll be a couple weeks before it hits because I still have to edit it. About to watch the season finale of House of Cards oh, for wow. season two. Oh, okay. And Mel and I are in the middle of season five of Next Gen. Let's move on to some news. What's in the news? Oh, there was a big bit of news that dropped this past week. Peter Capaldi is leaving the show come Christmas. I don't have my prices right for Christmas horn. regeneration. <laughs> bom, 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 bom. Oh. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what, what else to say is other than he's leaving. I can't get excited or emotional or sad about the actors leaving that role anymore i just i mean well, we've been through we knew it was gonna happen eventually. Yeah, we've been through, i mean i love peter capaldi in fact he i think he shot up to be my favorite doctor of the new era i mean he really has although i was excited for pcap when they announced he was going to be the doctor because i really like peter capaldi that being said i mean i i thought i would take it harder than i did when it was announced but on the flip side of that he's he still got he'll a have done ahead. yeah he'll I, that maybe that's what it is is yeah. i know there's a whole season to watch and He's been there for three years, and I mean, only Tenet so far has done it longer and barely. So it's yeah. uh, and knowing that Moffat is leaving, it, it makes sense that there's that handoff there too. See, of the I, new doctor. I would rather I was them anticipating him leaving it when Moffat did. Anyway. I would rather them not do that for I'm not the saying they for should. the for the sheer fact of I think that you should have a carryover because I think it makes the transition better but I can see the benefits of starting anew I mean it worked really well for Moffat and Smith uh, but on the flip side of that I, I kind of like that familiarity going into Chimble because we don't know that much about Chris Chimble and whether he's going to do I mean yeah. at least with Moffat Chris writing. is written for Doctor Who don't get me wrong but we knew from Moffat's stories ahead that we thought he was probably the Doctor was in probably in pretty good hands but with Chimble I think I don't know. I, that's that's what scares me more is a new <laughs> showrunner than a new doctor. I think new doctors are easier to get used to than new showrunners because I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a misstatement because the doctor can be drastically different and maybe ruin a show. But I think a showrunner could do the same thing. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. Not that Chris will. I just I'm 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 just. I I'm like you. I have cautious. a hard time getting upset about it uh, yet because you know we have a whole nother season. And it kind of depends. I've, I've loved Capaldi throughout his run. I don't always think he's had the best stories to be written for him. I'm intrigued to see how he is without Clara. Because thinking back on Series 9, I think some of the strongest episodes, kind of like this, like the Zygon 2-parter, he's not saddled with the Clara baggage. And I think that kind of brings down the stories for him, and for me. 
I might be wind up being really upset after series 10 because I like it even more so without her there. John, you want to weigh in at all? I'm in the same boat. Peter Capaldi has been so extraordinarily good as the Doctor. I mean, he's always good, but when the episode's good, when the writing's good, when he's good, when everything clicks, it's some of the best Doctor Who we've ever had. But I think those moments are a little fewer and further the between than maybe what tends to be kind of a mediocre episode with a great performance by Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. And so the announcement that Moffat was leaving, as much as I love Moffat, Moffat's writing is very storybook. He writes great fairy tales and fanciful things with happy endings. And then he kills everybody and he fools us. But (laughs) that worked for Matt Smith. That that kind of whole era was very fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And with, with Peter coming in and being kind of a darker in tone and a little more mysterious and kind of returning back to that uh, you know almost William Hartnell measure I don't think Moffat was the guy to write for that I was really looking forward to kind of having Capaldi without Moffat I hate saying that not that it's going to be better but it's just going to be different let's let somebody else have a shot at him who can see what he can do and like Glenn said you know it gives that transition and we don't know I mean maybe Bill's going to stick around for the next season and she'll be the one that that helps the audience transition through it I agree with you. I, I think the, the Clara story arc, I mean, I love Clara until she she just kind of got buried under the baggage of her own story. Mm-hmm. Chibnall's going to come in. He's going to have a, a clean slate, which I'm, I know that's what BBC wants. I'm sure that's what he would prefer, too. But. And knowing that BBC is the BBC, I'm sure we're probably going to lean back toward a younger... <laughs> let, let's get the... Let's get the female fans back on board and the young kids watching the show again. And it's become a little uh, corporatized in that regard. Um, and, you know, you have to play some of that because if you want to keep the show on the air, you have to play ball a little bit. I'm looking forward to season 10, uh, but I'm, I'm disappointed that he's leaving. It's not the end of the world, as Glenn said. You know, this is, we've been through this before. <laughs> the best thing to come out of it... times, specifically. Yeah, the absolute best thing to come out of it was Janet Fielding's tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Which I laughed so, I mean, embarrassingly hard. At, I don't know why. It's just not it's like, like I know these people. but just... More so, it was Peter Davison's response to her tweet. <laughs> her tweet and then his response was like, oh. Well, thank you, Janet. I, oh, oh, oh I see where you're Yeah, he was oh, pretty good, oh, too. Oh, that Peter. Yes, we'll have to endure months and months of speculation of who's going to be the next Doctor. That's something I'm not looking forward to. Yeah. Everybody's already started. Like the day Peter Capaldi's leaving, and the day after, who's going to be the new Doctor? Here's a list of 16 favorites, and it's like... And then we're going to go through the whole argument again, which I don't fall on either side on. it. Should the next Doctor be a female? Why they should? Why they shouldn't? Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, should they be... You know, well, there was some of that already race. started yeah. when uh, Chibnall was announced. Yeah, so I just... I don't know. I... I'm actually refusing to engage in any of that this time. Yeah, I'm because not looking at any links. It, uh, but talking about series ten, it will. We got a return date confirmed of Easter Saturday proper. <laughs> Not only our Easter Saturday, but the real Easter Saturday. So April fifteenth. Put that in your pipe and smoke. What does it, that Glenn. mean? Whenever. What do you say that I've been <laughs> on board with Easter Saturday this time? I figured you, that was probably right. I still don't know how many Christians were offending by calling that Easter Saturday, but I don't know. Because it's Easter Saturday. I ask. I ask BBC he, called it that. Yeah, well, and that's what I said. I, I, uh, I ask, uh, they got that from us. 
I asked Keith. Well, I hope not. Well, whatever it comes I back, asked, it's Easter I asked Saturday. Keith. I said, do, "Are we offending Christians when we call it Easter Saturday?" And he goes, "I don't know. That's what the BBC <laughs> called it." And I went, "Okay, well then we're we're covered." <laughs> I don't think it has a proper name. So I asked a guy at work who's a Christian if Saturday had a name because you got Good Friday, you've got Easter Sunday. I think it's Monday Thursday precedes Good Friday. Yeah. I asked him what Saturday was, and he said, "I don't think it has a name." I'm sure it does. I, I'm sure it does. We just don't know. Somebody will offend it, send him feedback next week, I hope, and say, oh, yeah, Here's Saturday is called. this. So. It's just the Saturday of Easter weekend takes too long to say. <laughs> Easter Saturday. I know what that is. You know. Yeah. Easter Saturday. And so, of course, in America, that means class will premiere that day, too. Yay. If you have not got a chance to see that. April 15th. April 15th. Easter Saturday. Real Easter Saturday, Real Easter not Saturday. our Easter Saturday. I don't understand what you're saying. Real Easter Saturday, not our Easter Saturday. Because whenever Who comes back, it's Easter Saturday, no matter what date it is. Is you it? You don't remember that joke a long time ago? Oh. If it came back in November 15th, we were like, hey, it's oh, Easter I, Saturday. I don't think I ever considered that, so perhaps. <laughs> I, we took it from the community joke from when they pushed back the release date of season four or whatever. I still remember that discussion, though. Yeah. We've also had discussions how my memory is really bad. Yeah, that's so. true. Well, no, we, we've, we've made the announcement that Doctor Who will return on Easter Saturday, October 1st. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Series 10, though. And uh, now he's sulking. <laughs> I'm sulking? Why yeah. am I sulking? I'm not sulking. Why would I be sulking? You've never liked Easter Saturday. But I, don't, I don't mind it. It's fine. <laughs> There's that word. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Moving along. I've been alarmed my woman long enough to know that fine is anything but. I'm not your woman. It could be. No, I'm pretty sure I couldn't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is not possible. Glenn's my old lady. <laughs> the way you two bicker sometimes. You know, maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Uh, and I'm the kid trapped in between. <laughs> I don't want to go live with mommy. <laughs> You have to. I had him already. It's your turn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that joke we've done before now that I think about it. That one I remember. It was probably in an Easter Saturday <laughs> argument. <laughs> Back to your archive. All right. Uh, Is there any other news? Yeah. A couple bits. Good news? Good news. The depends on what, how you feel about oh, things. Good news, everyone. Uh, speaking of Series 10, the BBC has announced that Mark Gatiss will write a new episode with Ice Warriors for Series 10. Bum, bum, bum. Of course, he wrote the first story written uh, for the modern era with Cold War. Gatiss teases a new kind of, of Ice Warrior will debut this time around. Is there, Uh-oh. Is there a name for it? He did not say it. Uh, He's teasing us. I can't us. add it to the special project. <laughs> <laughs> Just Tree. quotes a new kind. A new kind. The Gatiss title. No, no, I meant the title. Yeah, oh. Gatiss title. Be sure you can't go in. It's just an untitled Mark Gatiss <laughs> Ice Warrior story. <laughs> All right. Uh, I could be a placeholder, I suppose. And our last bit of news, Planet Comic Con has announced a Doctor Who guest. Who might that be? John Barrowman. Captain Uh, Jack is coming to Planet Comic Con. And now, Jack was supposed to be here last year, but had to cancel. Two years years ago, but had to cancel. The Stephen Amell year. Yes, yes. Yes. That'll be exciting. 
Uh, they also announced that Carol Barrowman is coming too. So if you have any of the stuff she's written, you can get that autographed. That's his sister, right? Yes, mm-hmm. including the new Torchwood comic, or uh, yeah, what's the, the what's the book? Hollow, Hollow Earth, Hollow Ground, Hollow. It's Hollow something. I don't remember. But she also wrote the Torchwood Dark Archer comic series. Okay. Or not Torchwood, Arrow Dark Archer. The Arrow Dark Archer. <laughs> well, there's a crossover for you. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Captain Hollow Jack Earth, you were Marlin. right. Hmm? Hollow Earth. Hollow Earth, I had it right. Did he? Yep. Did he really? Go back in the archive. <laughs> Easter set. I, I only have to rewind this episode about three minutes. Two minutes. Not even that. Easter Saturday. That's it for John news. Barrowman's coming on Easter Saturday? Yes. No. <laughs> we don't know yet. We haven't seen that episode. <laughs> Shall we move on to our reviews? Yes, we should. <laughs> Zygon who fell to Earth? Save the watershed for later? <laughs> yeah, we should do that. <laughs> yes. well, we're going to do this part, and then we'll do Traveling the Vortex After Dark. <laughs> I have to come up with new theme music. <laughs> Well, we're, we're still going to stay family-friendly in this podcast. Something with some but... saxophone. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about the good one. Let's do Zygon. Let's, let's do uh, Zygon oh, Who Fell to Earth. your hand. Hell yeah. <laughs> the Zygon Who Fell to Earth. There are no monsters this time, are there? Ten years later, an Auntie Pot is in her prime. She's snagged herself an ex-rock star at the Kindle Folk Festival, and now, in the brave new world of the early 1980s, they manage together a snazzy hotel on the poetic shore of Lake Gasmere. However, still waters run deep, and friends from the past are returning, intent on milking the old cash cow. <laughs> Is that really the description? <laughs> yep. From BBC, ah. or from Big Finish. Here you go, Big Finish. Bum, bum, bum. Just on the strength <laughs> of that review, of that, uh, that I synopsis. I love how they use milking. Milking, milking the, the old cash cow. <laughs> As the Saigon, Zygons milk the scarison. <laughs> oh. Uh, I really enjoyed this Yeah, story. I thought this was a good one. Interestingly enough, this is one of these nice little one-offs in a series of... Eighth Doctor Adventures, where you seem to, for the seasons, you seem to have kind of a continuing story arc. Sometimes it's very thin. Uh, Often it has, well, this season we have the Headhunter and Karen, I suppose. She's been back twice. Well, she's been in two episodes. But then we step away and we get a little one-off story here. Now, Auntie Pat returns, but... But yeah, and it's picking up a thread from the first series. Right, exactly. So, uh, which is kind of neat, but I kind of like the, the, the step aside and let's do something different out of what feels like the linear uh, storytelling that we've got going on here. I, I just really liked it. It's a fun story. It's a clever way to bring the Zygons back, too. Yeah. You know? Is this the first time they did a big finish story? This would have been their first big finish story of Zygons. I believe so, yes. There is a Fourth Doctor and Leela in Big Finish's Fourth Doctor Adventures Series 3, which would have come after this. So, yeah, this is the first audio that Big Finish did with uh, the Zygons returning. I think they used it really well. I think they did, too. A lot of the familiarity from Terror, when we have a uh, crashed ship that's been there for a long time, obviously nobody can come from the Zygon planet anymore because, as we know, (laughs) it's been destroyed. Yeah. But uh, it uses kind of the same theme of there's a crashed ship that's been here for a long time. They're trying to manipulate society so that they can take over the Earth. Um, they have their own scarison <laughs> that's 
supplying them with their uh, sustenance. It kind of goes along those same lines of, of terror, but with a different theme and a different uh, a different way of doing it. And considering things. the format, I think it works even better because but because we have those familiar things, we don't need to retread a whole lot. And so having it in an hour-long format as opposed to a t- traditional, if it were a part of the mainline, four-part story, yeah. I would have felt a little cheated that it wasn't different. Yes, I would agree. But in this format, it works so well because they're able to have the familiarity and then introduce the new elements like Trevor, yeah, who is the, such a great character. The, the, the cleverness of this is the fact that they... That we, we have a rogue Zygon that has decided that he wants to be a human, that he's comfortable living in his human life, and he wants nothing to do with his past Zygon life. And I thought that was kind of a clever concept, which we'll talk about this in a little bit. Maybe we should have done these the other way. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but there obviously wasn't an idea that hadn't been done before somewhere <laughs> else in other media. I think it, in a way, dovetails nicely into Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion. Mm-hmm. That after the, the the truce that's developed in the Day of the Doctor, that we've got okay, here's 20 million Zygons living on Earth. At the very least, and you have to kind of wonder, well, why? What what was part of the truce that required that? Or would it allow the, it? You know, it was the fact that well, we've got some people that don't want this, so can they come live here? They'll yeah. get out of our hair, and we'll leave you guys alone. Oh, yeah, we can do that. It, it at the very least sets a precedent. Yeah. Um. I think the the other thing that works really well is the, the very clever way that they throw it's a, it's a dropped line almost that's a, a throwaway about so many pods came down um, in the meteor shower whatever it was that the eighth doctor is referencing the fourth doctor story, mm-hmm. but it also opens up that possibility for yeah we could come back and visit this again with yet another crash ship. Some of them got found and some of them didn't. And yeah. So, they, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, we know we've done this before, but here's a little hook that we may come back to it again. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm, with, <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. As you say, Keith, Trevor's a great character. I think he's a lot of fun. I like how earnest he was because there's a certain amount of the story that you kind of are waiting for the shoe to drop. When is he actually going to reveal what he's doing? And, and, and he doesn't. Well, he's the, just... the other shoe drops in the fact that Pat knows. Yeah. And doesn't care and still loves him anyways. It's like, oh, all right, that's where this is going. All right, awesome. I think, I think that's what's clever about it is the Doctor and, and Lucy need to reveal. They feel like they're going to have to reveal this bad news to Auntie <laughs> Pat. And she already knows. Yeah. And she's fine with it. And she's known since the beginning. Uh, I think that's that was very clever. I that's disagree- kind of the moment that I stopped worrying about Trevor being... You know, well, I think I did too, but I, I disagreed with the I, I. I don't think I ever, from the very beginning, suspected that Trevor was anything but what he was. That he really just wanted to get away from the the Zygon life and not have anything to do with it, live as a human. I, there was never any point that I thought, I wonder when he's going to show his true tentacles. I, I wondered when he would be forced to no longer live that human life, but not so much. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't listen to it, waiting for him to be the bad guy, because that paints me in a bad light too. But <laughs> well, you know, because when, when, they, they they set it up fairly early. The guys are looking for him, and they're obviously Zygons. <laughs> they're like the worst of any camouflaged alien ever. Um, I don't know. Maybe they they were good for uh, record producers. <laughs> <laughs> Must have I haven't been. met many, but they could be like that. I don't know. But um, so you know the, the the fact that these are these guys and you're kind of going oh well Trevor's actually in real trouble here <laughs> 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 he's apparently gone native 
and there was just a moment or two where it's kind of like, well, are you really, are you really gone native, or what are you, what are you going to do with Andy Pat, and why are you, what's, what's the angle? And then when, when she came out and said, no, I've known, and it's like, well, he wouldn't tell her if he, no. if, you know, right. had an angle. So that was a nice role reversal. And one of the things that I kind of like about the truncated format is the, we don't have to spend a lot of time trying to keep the audience <laughs> in the dark. Yeah. When Lucy gets nabbed and immediately shows up and is not acting like Lucy. But she's she's down in the uh, the booze. <laughs> Lucy! <laughs> the doctor even reacts. Lucy! In, in, in a four-parter, that would have been dragged out. Oh, yeah. So she's the long. And it would have been a whole episode, and it was been like... Uh, but you know the doctor's like, yeah, I knew. <laughs> I was kind of surprised they they drug out the doctor revealing that he knew as long as they did. Yeah, but I guess that's one of the nice things about having a familiar mo, knowing that they need the body in the imprint machine yeah. to to be able to access the memories and keep them alive, so that he he knows that she's not really in any danger yet. Yeah, you yes, know, true. versus an unknown alien who's impersonating her, and maybe there's a little bit more pressing issue so it kind of lets the doctor play around with it go yeah okay yeah, we're gonna <laughs> i think the only concern i had was the when the doctor didn't seem to address the fact that the real trevor was being kept in the basement and is on imprint and i kept thinking please address the elephant in the room here you've got a trevor that's been around since 1979 it's clearly now the mid 80s and we haven't <laughs> addressed the fact that you've got this poor guy down in the basement. But then I think that's satisfied later when it's revealed that Trevor would have died. Yeah. And so this was actually, yeah. you know. He was pretty much brain dead. Yeah, being able to live on his legacy. So I actually was kind of okay with it at that point. So, But it took a long time for the doctor to address it. We have to discuss the <laughs> the real Trevor in your basement. And I thought, finally. <laughs> I know there were other pressing issues, but you could have brought it up. I mean, come on. And it's a clever way to allow a long-term Zygon format or masquerading as a person. I thought it was a clever way to do that. Well, and I think that also a clever thing was when Auntie Pat ends up dying and yeah. uh, Trevor decides to live out the rest of his life. Zygon Trevor decides to live out the rest of his life as her and a tribute to her and the interesting part of that is the fact is that Lucy doesn't know and Lucy won't know um, there, yeah. and that there is a reason behind why Auntie Pat is who she is in the future when they encounter her or when, when Lucy knows her in the future never did anything never did yeah. yeah. so I think that that, that that played out and worked out really all, well all too. of a sudden all those tiny little threads just kind of yep well, and, and, and you have that moment in your mind where Pat can't be dead because we know that Pat exists in the future. Oh, yeah. And then Pat is dead, and you think, okay, well, how are we going to fix this? Because now you've got a paradox or an anomaly, a time anomaly at the very least. How is this going to be fit? And then when it's when he revealed, well, I kind of actually, when he came back, I kind of suspected maybe this is where they're going with it. So I did maybe clue into that a little sooner. But when that is revealed to the listener that this is why then i thought oh, that's really clever because you don't it ties up the loose end you don't have to worry about a paradox you don't have to worry about a time anomaly so that worked out really well yeah i would agree although i did like the uh, doctor's rationale about sometimes these things just repair themselves you know she didn't 
she didn't go on to do anything special. She was, and she, he's explaining that to Lucy as why this could have happened. Because if if she ended up being a nobody, then perhaps time sort of fixes itself, and mm-hmm. it doesn't disrupt the fabric of time. Uh, it was it it, it, it that he soft sold it well enough that I kind of thought, okay, maybe we don't have to worry about you know paradoxes or things like this. When Trevor shows back up, then I thought, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> Yeah, I just it's it's a thoroughly enjoyable story, and I think part of the reason I enjoy this one coming on the heels of Grand Theft Cosmos, the, the it's following that story, which I had so much fun with, and it was such a rollicking adventure, and then getting this one, which is just a nice, sweet little family story. Oh, it and is. there's Zygons. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's it's, it's funny. A, it seemed like they paired really well going from it's one to the funny other. and oh, yeah. fun too, but it, then it gets very heavy at the end, mm-hmm. and so it works it works itself into the uh, brevity of it. I don't think there's anything else I had. No, I don't think so either. It's really it was, enjoyable. It was a good, good story. Quite enjoyed this one. I think Lucy continues to to grow. Well, she didn't get to do as she much get in much. this one. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I, as, as a uh, let me rephrase, Sheridan Smith, I think, continues to grow as Lucy. Yes, that's, I, about I, I, yeah. that's yeah. what I meant to say. Well, yeah, she gets to kind of step out and do a little bit of a different part in this as well. So mm-hmm. that's kind of nice to be able to stretch those acting legs. <laughs> Let's move on to the after hours portion. <laughs> Zygon. Zygon Commander Kitrak and his second Torlok have been stranded on Earth for 20 years. Kritok has lost his sense of purpose. Can his second get him back on track? Sexy psychiatrist Lauren Anderson <laughs> complicates matters further. That's the synopsis from Imdaba. I had. Uh. <laughs> I wouldn't give it the horn, but. There are some good things to look at. But I had to go and make sure that the same person that wrote this didn't write Zygon <laughs> Fell to Earth because there's a lot it's of similarities very, it's strange, to this. Isn't it? it was so bizarre to listen to that and then watch this and think, these things are like peas in a pod here as far as as far as themes go. There's there's yeah. quite uh, it goes it gets quite different, but there as far as themes go here, it's very similar. Well, you've, you've, you've got a Zygon who for all intents and purposes has gone native. You've got <laughs> so another so one. He that's, doesn't know he's a Zygon. Yeah, that was the, that was the the more so about it. Yeah. yeah, and then another one who's trying to get him back on track and back on to the uh, whatever they're the doing. agenda. <laughs> the agenda. The agenda. There you go. Sure, <laughs> it may not be the Zygon agenda, but it's an agenda. Well, <laughs> the Z- overall plot. Two Zygons. Two Zygons are going to flip a bunch of switches at a plant and terraform the Earth from well, from that. No, they're going around to all the plants. Eventually, that. yeah. Eventually. But Eventually. we make it such a climactic moment that showdown in the yeah. in the plant, and I think, okay, if you don't stop this one, it's going to be a minor event. Just stop the next one. And you're okay. It's like uh, I don't think the plan was thought out that well, but. I uh, okay. no. I never got back to rewatch the second half of this, which I had intended to do because I, I, I watched it in the in the first half kind of it does its little thing, and then the second half comes on and it ended and I went, what? Like <laughs> 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 there was a part of it that was what did I just watch, <laughs> and there was another part of it that was what? From I mean, which point just, did you start going what? About the half well. <laughs> So what the, point in the story, though? The title sequence was... <laughs> <laughs> like, a, I was all kind of kid in a candy store. This is going to be awesome because it's going to be terrible at all. And then I started and went, oh, <laughs> this is going to be this kind of terrible. <laughs> um, the, the, the first half of this story isn't bad. 
it actually no. it flirts with some ideas and some some themes that I think work and were interesting. It's just when you you do get to a certain point where you start going, they didn't know where they were going with this. Yeah, yeah. and it just. Now that being said, I think some of the for for being a low budget on this on the edge of being a fan film, but it's I mean it's it was professionally produced. It's got the the acting in it is good. It's top notch sure. for 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 low caliber actors and actresses. I'm sure who they could get and, and you know stock actors and actresses. The acting's pretty good. I think that the, everybody performs well. I think Cal, Bob, is it Bob Calhoun? I think the guy that plays the the bad Zygon. I can't remember his his name his Zygon name. I think it was Bob. They kept calling him Bob. I think he was a little over the top, a little maybe forceful with the character. A little scenery chewing. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah. Would, I wouldn't even call it scenery chewing because I don't think it was that vaudevillian over the top. It was more just he, he almost pushed the character a little too much, put a little too much smarm and evil in it. But everybody did a good job. They all did a fine job, and so I can appreciate the acting standpoint of this. And it's especially challenging, I would think, to do a, a, a production with so many nude scenes in them i mean there's 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 a lot of it's it's not even really similar there's really hardly any sex in this story there's there's some after after it's happened you know it's kind of but but, a little bit of leading up to and a little bit of leading up to but it's just that one really in the middle well there is yeah there is that one but for the most part it's just nudity yeah (laughs) lots of nudity (laughs) or not lots of nudity but gratuitous nudity in some some scenes i thought and, full frontal nudity. yeah full frontal full frontal male which i think we're not even in the, especially in the US, we're not used we're not to in the u.s and so to be able to do some relatively serious acting and still be able to perform these kind of scenes i think that that's a merit to these actors sure. and actresses I, I think that as you said the, the, the first half the themes of the first half are vastly different from the themes of the second half and to my mind, what really feels like happened is they started off and they wanted to make this movie about a Zygon who was living his life as a human and not knowing that he was a Zygon and then fell in love and, 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 and you know, started to kind of develop this. And then the, all of a sudden was reminded either through Bob or through the dreams that he is an alien and the impact that would have. And I think that's an interesting theme. Mm-hmm. But then somewhere along the way, they went, well, it's a Zygon movie. We're going to have to have them take over the world at some point. Yeah, yeah. So then you get the whole back half with this you know, one plant. <laughs> Just, well, and couldn't then, you have come up with a? Give me, it's a science fiction film. Give me something. He invented a doodad that he's going to stick into this machine, and this machine's going to link up with all the rest of them around the world. Okay, I'd buy that. You know why not? But no, we're just we're gonna, we're going to travel. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> One planet at a time. Do you have any idea how to, ludicrous that is? To terraform the Earth. What if somebody came around afterwards and just, oh, that's what switches That's what should be. How many times has that happened already? Bob sitting in the command van. There's a rental van with all of his... He's that got might, all these red lights, and he's like, yeah, that's excellent. Beep, green. Oh. That'd have been a great follow-up. <laughs> That'd have been a great follow-up to just show every time they 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 change a plant setting, that they, somebody's come behind them and gone, well, this is not right. <laughs> Shut it off. Call the ever. EPA. Tell them that we're going to have to file a report. We, we had some pollution. I mean, it's, it's like, what? I... <laughs> 
I, <laughs> the first thing I kind of balked at at the film was the somehow turning Lauren into a Zygon. Yeah. When she was human by just touching her. It's not like they even injected her with well, something. Well, he had a blob. He did have a blob. blob. Now, I think where I could be a little forgiving with that, because I, I did the same thing. I thought, uh, but where I could be a little forgiving is we don't know a lot about it's the Zygons, true. the Zygon culture, or the Zygon physiology. They could, they could have a stinger Obviously, you can... Uh, obviously, the Zygons did not use a certain element that they had the ability to do in Terror of the Zygons that they used later in uh, well, Zygon version, <laughs> and that's that people. The electricity. I remember yeah. watching Terror of the Zygons earlier this week going, boy, they sure don't even have any weapons. They just, like, strong-arm everybody and wrestle with the Doctor. <laughs> and they, they, that's sure kind of ineffective. And then watched the, the, the two-parter this uh, yesterday and thinking... Oh, they well, have where was that powers. ability? <laughs> Keith asked during Friday Night Who, have they always been able to do that? I don't remember. And I thought, I don't think so, but you have to ask Glenn because no, I don't remember. They did not. <laughs> I, I, I didn't remember the silence. So, so that being said, there, maybe they have that ability that's just it's, never been expressed yeah. in any sort of media, media before. I, I think if, there had, if they had more what? of a rooted back story like the Daleks or like when, when the Daleks yeah. develop a new way of doing something, you notice it because you know the Daleks <laughs> or someone. When the Icemen develop a new way of doing something, you notice it because you, with the Zygons, maybe it's we could be more, a little forgiving. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and I was after like the first five minutes. I was like, but that, uh, all right, whatever. Okay. There's also no, <laughs> it there's, works. There's also no imprintation chambers. They don't store anybody. They put a little device on their back, which I thought was even more yeah. hard for me to believe because well, everything before that had used yeah. these, these uh, chambers. I could almost let that one slide from it's the a standpoint unit. that yeah, the, the technology's gotten better well, and more advanced, and everything gets smaller. And okay. well, I don't, I don't would even go so the, the much. The problem is when Zygon invasion, invasion comes around, we get the huge pods. We're back to, back to the pods. Well, I, here, here's here's how I'm going to headcanon this one. There also well, it also seems to be short term. Yeah, as well. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, with the exception of Bob, who has. Maybe he's got a pod. Maybe he does. We just never saw. Although we did see Bob's body, the real Bob's body, didn't we? In the, oh yeah, because yeah. he brought him over to her apartment. Yeah. So although maybe he pulled him out of the pod, put one of the portables on him, <laughs> showed him, yeah. then took him back to the pod, popped the portable off, and you know it's like a battery. You know, you got you've got <laughs> AC DC. You know. <laughs> what, what was the? Uh... Uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, so the acting's good, and I think that the, 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 the story had possibilities as far as the themes were going. But yeah, then there it steps into a drastic change in the middle, and it's like, eh. Well, and it, yeah. to discuss the elephant in the room with the nudity, it, it's unfortunate in a way. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm no prude. I'm all for nudity, male or female. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, go bring it. But it just seemed very unnecessary. That I think was the biggest problem. That it's it's kind of like a, a kid in a candy store. That once we could do it, let's keep doing it. And it's like, well, it's more effective if you use it properly. Yeah. Um, and fitting in with the themes of a Zygon, who's in, in in her instance exploring what you can get away with, and taking the guy's credit card and running off and doing a shopping spree, and then exploring sexuality well, I from think a different even, way. Yeah, in, in, okay, in, yeah. a sexual encounter from a different perspective. I think that that works. I mean, sure. that's fine. And 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 that's an instance even, where the nudity was fine and appropriate for what was going on. But even the, her relationship with Michael too. Yeah, I think was okay too because I mean they were. 
they were developing a romantic connection, romantic interest. I think that was all right. Well, just the little ones like the the, the one friend, the coworker, changing in the room and then commenting on the fact that she's changing and you're staring off into space, but it happens to be in her direction. It's like, eh, that yeah. wasn't yeah. It, was, yeah. it was an excuse to show them off. And it's like, eh, I don't, I don't know about... Right, that seemed a little gratuitous. Uh, and, and there's there's some argument to be made because when you think of Doctor Who, you think of a family program. And when you start to splinter off in things like Torchwood or things like Zygon or things like that, you you're, you deal with more adult themes. And I have no problem with that. In fact, in, in the uh, uh, Virgin New Adventures, there's they they get into more adult things because they realized at the time that they're fan base were growing they were now adults they were older they were you know they they had different uh ways that they processed material and they wanted you know different things more adult things it's okay but i think zygon maybe kind of pushes the envelope as you were saying where it, it becomes a little gratuitous at times and there were a lot of full frontal shots that we didn't necessarily need at all i mean it, they're, they're just unneeded so yeah. it's a little it's a little off putting. Yeah. It's a little off putting. <laughs> Five well, minutes into the film. Dragging uh, Zygon Bob's body, you know, face up. Turn him over. Let's see the butt stuff run. I mean, it was, <laughs> that was just, it was things like that. I just, I think they were unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, that TARDIS Wiki points out is that apparently this story was written by Lance Parkin, Jonathan Bloom, and uh, Bill Baggs. And uh, Bill Baggs, I guess, they shot this in 2003. Bags, who was also a producer, wasn't happy with it, so they reshot for a day as he redirected the script, and then it was released in 2008. So this actually was planned to be out much earlier than it was, and apparently he wasn't happy with parts of it. And I have to wonder, I don't know this for sure, but I have to wonder if maybe he is the caveat for pushing more of the sexual nudity and the things mm-hmm. like that, those themes, and maybe that's what got changed. The flip side of that could be that maybe he decided to pair it back and it could have been worse. But I maybe think, he's the one that said, we got to go invade a plant. Yeah, well, <laughs> that could be why the story changed yeah. as well. But the reason I say that is because Lance Parkin and Jonathan Bloom both are, they're familiar with Doctor Who. They have done Doctor Who material before. And I don't know much about this uh, Bill Baggs with BVV, but... I wonder if it was almost too Doctor Who for him, because coming from the source that it originally was, and they they went through different iterations of the script. I don't know. According to TARDIS Wiki, he was the founder of BBV. Yes, yes. And so he helped produce a lot of those spinoff media. Yeah, he did. So. In fact, there are three other Zygon stories that are audio that BBV did before this one. This is actually their fourth Zygon produced media. There are three uh, audios before this. They uh, they don't have anything to do with as a whole together. So there's not. This isn't like the fourth part of, right. a, of a four part story. But there are three do other the three audios go together. Or they just that I'm not aware of. But uh, I know that they they don't create a four part arc. So gotcha. you don't have to have gone and listened to the first three. So for next Zygon archive, yeah. perhaps <laughs> we'll go back and listen to those. I mean, VDB's done some good stuff. Audio-wise, they've done a lot of good stuff. I don't think I've seen anything that they've done on video. I know they do, they did the the uh, probe stuff, which is unit-ish, and I don't think they did Shakedown. I think that was real-time. He did wartime. They did wartime. They did wartime. Okay. Now, like I said, it's not, it's not even a, that bad of a movie. 
when, when you when you you know because we're always trying to find the good in things there, there are elements to it that you know okay cool and as you said it, it feels kind of like an amateur film even though it's professionally done but it's just it's so kind of I don't know, ham-fisted in its attempt to pull off some of these themes. Well, it is. But, I think it is. Yeah. is ham-fisted is a good good description. It's, it's just, it, it feels like they kind of sort of had a concept for what they wanted to do, that they wanted to do this Saigon film, and that, you know, we, we can do what we want with it. We've got the characters. We've got the permission to this. We can do something with this alien race. And it's like, okay, cool. What do you want to do? Well, let's do this idea. Okay, fine. And then it just never really materialized in any coherent form. Which is unfortunate because I, I I still think there's, I think there's a lot of potential here. Yeah, potential is a good way to look at it. This film yeah. is full of potential, it just doesn't get realized <laughs> at all. And some of that potential is better in Zygon and Fellow Earth. Some of those similar ideas I think are used better there. I, well, I think it goes both ways. I think some of them are used in Zygon and Fellow Earth, and some of them are used in, yeah. in uh, Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion. Now, getting to explore what it's like for the Zygon from this perspective is different and better than Elder Earth. Right. Because some of the... other ones, too. Uh, with the Capaldi two-parter, when you get the scenes in Truth or Consequences and uh, the, the, the sheriff is kind of talking about how do you fight them and, and, the, and the military uh, or the, the unit person, whoever she was, that was kind of going in, we're going to go and, and kill all the bad guys and, and do that stuff. But just the reality of how do you fight a ship-shifting army... Yeah. If they don't want to be found, they're not going to be found. It's just that difficult to deal with. And so flipping that concept on its head with somebody who wants to be human, or in in, in Zygon case, doesn't know that they're not human, is bought into the lie so completely that they're completely unaware that they are an alien who can shapeshift and how hard they're holding on to that identity. I mean, that's a really deep, interesting oh, story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. agreed. They just didn't have the, I don't know, maybe they didn't have the tools to do what they wanted to do with yeah. it. I'd like to believe that. I'd like to believe that somewhere there's, that to this day, the people are sitting around going, man, we <laughs> we were almost there. <laughs> we were just almost never there, fell apart. Yeah. What did you guys think of the uh, actual Zygon that we finally get to see at the, near the end of the film. I think the Zygon looks good. I thought so too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it it's good. a good realization. It 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 does harken back to the style and terror, uh, which is interesting that they do that when I think real time uh, when they did Shakedown were concerned with their look of their Sontaran so much that they changed the I think they're kind of orange I think. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting that... They matched Doctor Who later. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting that went that direction and actually used a visualization we're familiar with. I thought it was good. It was way better than I expected it to it look, was, too. Yeah. Of course, maybe they bought... An old suit. An old suit on eBay from Terror. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. Well, should we talk a little more about Zygon since this is an adversary archive? Or? The fun thing that I can take away from this week, just through serendipity, <laughs> with putting these stories together in the way that they happen, including our Friday Night Who's Selection... Is I want more. I, I really yeah, am curious to have some more Zygon stories and to get that backstory and, 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 and what happened and the fact that we've obliterated the planet and that, that they you know they don't have a homeworld anymore. As Keith mentioned, it would be really nice to get a Zygon story that's not set on Earth, that doesn't feel the invasion it doesn't deal with the invasion of Earth or an attempt to terraform it. That, uh, you know, let's go out and we're on a space station or something else and there, oh, there happen to be Zygons here. And they're up to something. And obviously, I imagine Zygons and Rutons, you know, have a lot of the same, Oh yeah. you know, 
infiltrate and take over from within. So maybe that's an angle. Maybe they could bring the Rutons back as they set you up and you think you're going this way and then, oh, it's, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of potential with the Zygons that I would like to see explored more that don't necessarily even have to involve the rubber sucker monsters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially now that they can electrocute people. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's some of the challenge also with Zygons is to, and probably why there is less because when you have a shape-shifting alien you tend to get a invasion of the body snatchers type story and it's a little harder to think outside the box of what can you do with these monsters other than have them masquerade as other people mm-hmm. i think that's one of the the downfalls of a zygon is the fact that they are shapeshifters and while you think that would be right for ideas but you kind of fall into the same familiar traps every time well the traps are so heavy that in fact this third Eighth Doctor Adventure novel by BBC Books is called Body, Body Snatchers. <laughs> so, and we comment. I commented uh, during Friday Night Who how much Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion felt like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's very similar in themes and the, the scene where Zygon Claire is walking across the quad and everybody is just sitting and kind of ignoring their surroundings except for the one guy who's paranoid. This is just like Body Snatchers. <laughs> or the, the police officers in the car that give you know the doctor and osgood absolutely nothing but blank stares until they decide oh we, we we're okay we don't need you and they walk away and they get out of the car out, yeah, and yeah. sort of you know menacingly stare at them as they walk closer so yeah very much so as far as uh, body snatchers goes i don't know if i'm chomping at the bit to see more in the new series of the zygons i think they've kind of been utilized well enough in the new series i don't know where you'd go with them i am excited to go back and look at some of the material that does exist to see where they went with them yeah. uh, especially between terror and the zygon two-parter in series nine because i want to know how different because when you when you connect these things you when you're doing television you look at the very surface of it because a lot of that what we consider expanded universe stuff doesn't necessarily work canonically but when you have something like terror and then day of the doctor and the zygon two parts it uh you look at those as a whole so i'd like to see how the in-betweens have been kind of been filled in how, how people have gone with those but as far as new series goes i don't know that we need zygons in tv for another couple of seasons as far as i'm concerned yeah well as with any doctor who villain they don't need to come back all the time yeah. you know I know it's sacrilegious. I'd be fine if we went a whole season without a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Let think with, keep that mystery. That's yeah. the problem with Zygons, I think, is you, you'll get Dalek or even Cyberman Syndrome, where mm-hmm. you start seeing the same M.O., or you just see them as the heavy bad. and Or they wind up changing the M.O. so drastically that it's not... Well, that's the thing, too, is... And you have an Angel Syndrome. Now that we've done Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion... Where do you go besides reverting them back to terror <laughs> zygons where the they're just they're just again. invaders? Yeah, yeah. I, and so I think that that's, that's why I story think story on a different planet would be. Different. I agree. That or continuing work. to do something with uh, Osgood, since that's yeah. You know, but I think I think continuing to do. I'm something, not saying that I want that. I'm I think saying that's where continuing the, the, to do something with Osgood, which I think we will, and I think that's why we get that drop line that I'll tell you someday. But I think we can have Osgood as a character, knowing she's a Zygon, or possibly a Zygon, or the other Zygon. I, uh, well, we know well, there's we know at, least at least one. one of those uh, but you can have the Osgood characters 
doing something different. I mean, it doesn't have to be even connected to the Zygon as, yeah. a, as a culture right. or race. Yeah. It's it can just, have no yeah, impact just, on yeah. the so, that... uh, so Osgood is freed up to be able to go on and not be connected to another Zygon story. No, I agree with that. I think the danger is that if you're gonna, if they bring the Zygons back, there's going to be that, well, let's bring Osgood back into it and we'll deal with some more of that. And it's like, I, that, I agree with you. I don't know that there's yeah. much more that we can do with that, that particular yeah. Story where the, the the way inversion leaves off, it's like we're done. I mean, yeah. that, that's kind of the end of this particular threat. But going off planet, yeah, I think there's I think there's some some opportunity for that. Now, will they? Mm. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> well, it is a time travel uh, television series, so they could go back to the Zygons' past where it's true. their planet still exists yeah. and, and explore some story there, which I think would be interesting. <sighs> Yeah, I'd be down More of that, that backstory. Of course, now we say that as Who fans. Well, Does the general JQ public want the Zygon homeworld story? We say that as Who fans who do a Who podcast. Do we really care what <laughs> JQ public does? <laughs> JQ public Touché. is not listening to our <laughs> podcast, I can tell you that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> True, true. If you are, and you've just come to the <laughs> to the podcast, but thank you for coming. Yeah. And if you're Joe Q Public, thanks for listening. Yeah, I don't know that the I like I say, I'm excited to go back and see what others have done with the Zygon story prior to this. I'm not exempting them from the series ever being in the series again. I just think it need, they need to wait until they can come up with a very good idea that's different than what we've seen before. Well, and because they've been in the show so infrequently, it almost sets a, a new standard for them that there is a bar that they have to reach. And by coming back more frequently, you run the risk of not reaching that bar level. Yeah, right. I would agree. Well, as as the Daleks are really the, the poster child for this, <laughs> that, hey, they're popular, let's bring them back. And you can only go to the well so many times before you repeat yourself. And the Daleks have definitely fallen into that. I think Cybermen have, have also kind of been victimized by that. Any of the other races, the Zygons, Santarans, the Ice Warriors, at least in the Ice Warriors case, they were finding different things to do with them, yeah. which was cool. The Santarans have fallen into that same rut until we got Strax, but now everything's Strax-centric. That's kind of what I'm worried about with the Zygons, is we've got all these Zygon stories and now Osgood comes along, so are all the Zygon stories going to be Osgood-centric from this point forward? So as long as you can, and you know, you know, hey, he's going to write another uh, Ice Warrior story. Cool. As long as we can, you know, continue to push that envelope, <laughs> find something new to do with them, and not just, oh, uh, it's an Ice Warrior story, you know. So from that regard, yes, I would like to see more Zygon stuff if it can be kept above the bar. If we can find a legitimately good, cool thing to do with them, absolutely. But then there are other races that I don't know that I'd want to see back, even if you could devise a cool way to do it. <laughs> the Wire. Uh. Well. Which we did get back. And we it did was get a back, and it was. Better way. Yeah. It was done cleverly. It, it at least advanced what they could do, what they, you know. The concepts. The concepts, yeah. yeah. Advanced the concepts of The Wire. Well. Sill. <laughs> All right. Well, we're coming up on the schedule, Sean. Well, coming up on the schedule this week for Friday Night Who, our weekly Doctor Who watch along, Friday nights at midnight, we're doing The Gunfighters. Yay. One of Glenn's favorites. <laughs> get ready to get that song stuck in your head. <laughs> stuck in my head now already. <laughs> but that will free us up because we've obviously already reviewed The Gunfighters. 
So then uh, that will free us up to talk some candy jar books next week. We're going to cover the Christmas Files and the two Christmas short stories that uh, were just released uh, before the holiday. And also the new book, Mind of Stone. Mind yes. of Stone? Mind of Stone. Yep. I keep wanting to But in reverse order, right? Because of Mind of Stone comes before the Christmas. <laughs> no, we're going to review them in reverse order. Oh, yeah. Mind of Stone comes before the Christmas stories, right? I believe you're correct, yeah. yes. Okay. I keep wanting to change that title for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Mind of Stone. It just doesn't doesn't stick in my mind for some reason because <laughs> i have a stone mind probably um i have not yet updated the uh the, the the schedule online to accommodate our john hurt retrospective last week but i will uh very much attempt to try and get that done this week uh so but i mean everything is still the same just the dates have changed yeah so they're still coming in that order and that's that excellent all right well if uh you're already supporting us on patreon we appreciate it and if not uh we would like to see uh more people out there that could do so if you can uh you can go to the button on our page travelingthevortex.com you can sign up to uh support us on patreon and all of those proceeds go back into this podcast and then there are some links on the right hand side where you can purchase things from amazon and the sort and uh, a portion of those proceeds also go back into this podcast keith how can they reach us oh uh, you can send us feedback at feedback at travelingthevortex.com and of course we're on social media just look for us Anything else we need to touch on before we close this show, fellas? Thank you very much for listening and putting up with our prattling. Yes. (laughs) That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.